Grace. I'm Trudy. And I'm Sarah. And we're the Bookos. In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about um, the goals that we set at the beginning of the year, our first episode in January. We had, we talked about our reading goals for the year, so we're going to talk about those and if we made them or not. We're also going to briefly talk about our year in review statistics on Goodreads, and then we're going to talk about our top books of the year. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about what we've read this week. Sarah, what did you read? So, um, continuing my streak of good reading weeks, I guess, I read a decent amount this past week. Again, I feel like I always have to give the disclaimer that it's not as much as Shruti. Whenever I say a lot, (laughs) I'm never going to be on her level. But for me, it was a lot. So I finished reading Persepolis, which is the graphic novel I mentioned last week about the young girl growing up during the Iranian Revolution. And it was fantastic. I really liked it. It was a really cool story to read about. And I think the graphic novel format was perfect for it. Um, There's a sequel as well. And I think I'm definitely going to read that because I really enjoyed this one. And it made me more interested in picking up graphic novels in general, because I always kind of thought of graphic novels as like science fiction only or like superheroes and stuff. But especially this year, I've been learning about a lot that seem interesting. And after reading Persepolis, I think I'm definitely going to try next year to read, you know, a couple more. Um, after I finished Persepolis, I read, I actually read like in one day, um, Rachel Bloom's book called I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are, which is kind of a cringy title, but I love Rachel Bloom. So I was able to look past it. And, uh, for those of you who don't know, she's like a writer, actress, like musical comedy person. She was in the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, she like created, co-created, um, wrote for it, starred in it, all that. Um, and her book was pretty good. I've read a couple of celebrity memoirs before. Um, and so I kind of like, you kind of, once you've read one, you kind of like know what to expect for all of them because they're all written by ghostwriters. Um, and, uh, but this one was cool because you could really see her personality shine through it. I like the story she told. Um, it was a good time. It was everything I wanted from Rachel Bloom's book and I read it in one sitting. So, cause it was very entertaining. So I really enjoyed that. And I also finally finished, I started reading The Four Agreements. I forget what the author's name is, Um, but it's a really famous, popular, like, nonfiction book. I started reading that months and months ago, and it's a tiny book. I could have totally read it in one sitting, but it's just, like, I don't know, but I've, it, it just wasn't for me, to be honest. Um, It's very, like, it's kind of a self-help kind of book and normally I'm okay with those, but this one, it didn't really present, I don't know, that many new concepts. I guess a lot of the stuff I recognized because I was a, I was a psychology minor in college and a lot of my (laughs) classes were about, went over some of these concepts. So not saying that like I knew everything in the book already. It was just kind of like, I was really familiar with a lot of the concepts and it was also very um, spiritual and like, vague almost so he would kind of say the same thing like 15 different ways 15 different vague ways and it just didn't really like stick with me very well I just kind of like okay this weekend I just sat down and read like the second half of it that I never read so I finished that (laughs) um didn't really get much out of it but I you know other people did that's cool maybe other people will like it more than I did um and then I started 
the the wife upstairs by rachel hawkins oh, and rachel- oh, oh isn't that the one that's based on jane Eyre? yes yeah yes so rachel hawkins was a she's a young adult author she wrote the rebel bell series and the hex hall series both of which i really liked in high school and I saw she was writing an adult thriller that's like a gothic southern version of Jane Eyre. I've never read any Jane Interesting. Eyre. Probably will never will. To be honest, it seems really boring. But I had to I'm read really... it for maybe. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I I remember people had to read it in high school. Thankfully, I was never in any of those classes. No offense to Jane Eyre. I'm just <laughs> I can't do boring slow books like that. Um, and. But uh, I have also have a habit of reading like retellings or books based on classics that I haven't read yet. So this is just another another one of those that I'm probably going to miss. The, all the Jane Eyre references are going to go right over my head, but that's okay. I'm having a good time. Um, it's really cool. I think I was expecting, I don't know, Rachel Hawkins' writing was always more, and this is going to sound bad, it was always more on the juvenile side but not in like a bad way. She wrote for like YA, like the younger side of YA, which is totally fine. Um, so I think I went into this expecting the writing to be not what I was used to in thrillers, but it's honestly like, it's not what, it's not like that at all. It's just reads like a normal thriller, which I think is cool. Um, I'm having a good time. I'm only like 50 pages into it so far, but it's really good. And I'm hoping to finish it in the next couple of days because Last week I mentioned I was reading a bunch of short books to finish my Goodreads goal. I am at 47 books right now. Yeah. The Wife Upstairs. Yeah, 47 out of 50. The Wife Upstairs is less than 300 pages, so I should be able to knock it out soon. And then I have, like, two more short books to read. So I'm really hoping that you I make this it. goal. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Yeah. I, so- I hope you like that book. I'm excited to read it. I didn't know oh. it was Southern Gothic, and that makes me excited. Yeah, I was going to say, as a, when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, maybe Grace would like this book. So I'll tell you if it's good. <laughs> okay. But yes, that's what I read this week. Um, Shruti, what did you read this week? Um, so this week, I first finished The Wedding Party, which I mentioned last week. Um, it was definitely better than The Wedding Date, which is the first in the series. Um, I think it was well better written. Um, but really it was just a fun rom-com and it's just nice to read a good romantic comedy that isn't about white people every now and then. And I think that's basically what, that was basically what I wanted at the time. And it was good. It was a fun time. So I enjoyed that one. Um, I also read a book by Monica Murphy called The Wedding Date and it was fine. It was, you know, whatever. Um, but then I read a Megan Quinn novel, um, See Me After Class. And this one was fun because it was a teacher-teacher romance, which there have been more of those lately, which has been very exciting for me. Um, this was a lot of fun because it was like enemies or like rivals to lovers. Um, he, the one thing that was like, that throw me off is he's the department head of the English department and she's like in the English department. And I was like, that would not be okay. Like you're not allowed to date like your department head. But anyway, um, and it was a good time. They had like a rivals to lovers. She was like an untraditional teacher. So like her kids were really loud and he's like, the strict, more traditional teacher who like lectures a lot and stuff like that. So they had like philosophy classic clashes and then there was like a prank war going on and there's like a whole cast of characters who are introduced who are really cool. So it was a really fun time and as a teacher, it made me happy because it was like teacher drama, which is always fun. So there's this scene, there's a sex scene where I can't even, okay. So one, not only 
they basically have sex in the classroom, which I was like, oh God, like this is clearly fiction. Like, cause I would never ever, like teachers cannot have sex in the classroom. Anyway, there's a scene where he's under her desk with a vibrator and the principal walks in and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this right now. But yeah, that was a scene that I had to mention oh, to God. you because I was like, that is a scene that happens. Then I was like, you know what? Okay, well, now I have to go. This is, this is where I have to go off on my tangent for a second. Because so the Bridgerton trailer, for those of you who do not know. So I've mentioned this before. It's com- the series is coming out on Christmas Day. And the new trailer dropped this week. Um, where is so the I got- series coming out on, Trudy? It is coming out on Netflix on Christmas Day. And you should all watch the eight episodes i believe of the first season um i mentioned this before but we're gonna say it one more time since we're here and because i'm obsessed with it i'm very excited for the series the trailer made me even more excited there is that hint of like shonda rhymes drama-ness into it because of like you know it's shonda rhymes um which makes me a little bit nervous but i do feel okay with it because of what i saw the series the season is gonna be very focused on daphne who is the oldest daughter and like the first book in the series is also based off of Daphne and Simon and their romance so it makes sense the first season would be based off of them as well um the things that have been going off on the uh Twitter is the so the three older brothers their books are later and they're all featured in the promo having love interests that are not their like love interests in the book so naturally everyone's like oh no but to be fair like it's canon that they are like into other women before the like thing and like you know obviously it's a period drama so there's this whole like double standard that men are allowed to get with whoever before they're in a relationship whereas women must not so i am curious to see how they take it um people have already seen the first season also and so they've kind of mentioned how like people who have read the books will enjoy it um but they just have to be mindful that it is a tv show and that you know characters such as my favorite who was are in the fourth book aren't going to get very much in the big first season because their story doesn't come until like later on and you just got to be patient with it but i'm excited um my favorite characters they're actors and actresses i'm very excited to see them i'm very happy about the colorblind casting which i've already talked about and i really hope that when they do cast some of the later love interests they you know don't just do they they start expanding their pool some more to get some other representation so that'll be very exciting um, side note, I'm okay with love triangle. Like, I, mean, I mean, I don't like love triangles. We, this is popular opinion. You know what I will totally buy in for? Who can let's switch it up. Let's make one of these characters buy. So at least they have a, like a same sex, uh, love interest before they have to go fall in love with their, you know, different sex partner later on. I'm okay with that. Let's, let's mix it up. So that's my one, that's my uh, Bridgerton tangent for the moment here. But yeah, so I am excited despite having to see some of my character characters, make out with people who are not their faded love interest but that's fine it's whatever i'll get over it i was just gonna say i think i might actually watch <gasps> that next week because i'm kind of okay if sarah yeah. watches it then yes. I, i'll watch it too <laughs> this is so oh, much yes. pressure we'll watch it okay. together we're okay, not together yeah, we live in it. different states we'll watch now, it at the same time separately mm-hmm. this is yes. the thing that's going to devastate me so there are eight bridgerton siblings and there are eight books in the series now there's only one season so far filmed. I think it's like heavily thought that there's going to be a second season. I am going to be absolutely devastated. One, if they do not get to the fourth season, because that's like my favorite book. And then two, if they don't finish out the series, because you know, I haven't finished reading all of the books and we're going to, I'll talk about that later in a second. But um, 
we don't get all eight seasons, I'm gonna be so sad because like they're clearly building up the idea that like they want all eight books and all eight seasons. So I'm gonna be very sad if it does get canceled. And knowing Netflix, it could very well happen, especially if they cancel after the third season. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so pissed if they, especially if I get everyone to watch it with me and then they cancel it before the fourth season. Shonda Rhimes, though, it might have a good chance. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Especially because doesn't she have a new like contract with Netflix? That's true. You're right. Ooh, so yes. yes. I, and I feel like there's enough buzz and like people, it's very popular. As long as it doesn't flop and as long as the first season isn't bad. And from what I've been hearing from like reviews and people have already seen it, it doesn't seem to be that way. Unlike certain other Shonda Rhyme shows that are not really Shonda Rhyme shows um, that were also period dramas. So I am cautiously optimistic and I'm very, also very happy because I'm getting a lot of people to watch it with me. So what's the other show <laughs> you're talking about? I, I can't think of it. Still Starcrossed. Oh, oh. An ABC oh. original. Yes. I understand. Also adapted <laughs> from a book. Whereas the book was really good and the TV show had its moments, but, you know, messed up some of the things. Anyway, um, the point of all of this was that I was in a historical fiction mood. So I read Any Rogue Will Do by Bethany Bennett. Really loved it. Um, It was just like a very fun historical romance. Like there was a villain who was trying to like kidnap the heroine and, you know, all of the normal historical fiction stuff. There was a fake engagement. You know, it was just a good time. Grace is giving me Oh, I, you just said like time. all the normal historical romance stuff. And I was like, sure. <laughs> like, I don't know. What would I you know? know like, it's completely romance. inappropriate for a guy to just take a woman and go off on a carriage ride with her without like telling yeah, her what okay, to do. Okay, okay. I've read yeah, Jane right? Austen. I do know what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> read Jane Austen. Isn't today Jane Austen's birthday? Yes, happy yeah. birthday, Jane. Yes. It's December 20th. 20- <laughs> I don't know what day it is. It's December 16th from when we're recording. Yes. So happy birthday, Jane Austen. Um, so then I was like, okay, it's time. I have 11, well, now I have nine days before Christmas Day when the Bridgerton series comes out. Let me finally read the series. Um, I've already stated I'm going to skip The Duke and I, which is the first book in this series, because there is a non-consensual sex scene in there that no one wants to relive. I mean, I've gone on the record talking about it. Julia Quinn, who is the author, has already talked about how she regrets the scene and all of that stuff, and they're not incorporating it into the series in any way. But I just didn't want to do that to myself, despite the fact how much as I love the characters, I was like, I don't want to do that to myself. So I'm skipping to the second book, The Viscount Who Loved Me by Julia Quinn. Yes. It's it's Vicomte. Is it Vicomte? Whatever. I don't know. I don't know French. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. Okay, thank you. That book. Um, I'm excited for it. I've only re- actually, okay, so I only read the epilogue this, so today's a snow day for me, so we're about to go through a journey of my last, like, 12 hours. Um, so I read the epi- the prologue this morning, and I forgot that Anthony, who's this, this is the oldest brother's book, and I forgot how much of an idiot he was, because he's basically, the entire, his big, like, thing in this book is that his dad dies when he's, like, when his dad's really young, so he's not going to be allowed to be older than his dad, so he has to die before he reaches his dad's age when he died, so, like, 38, and I'm like, this is dumb, but okay, we, you're, whatever, okay, man, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this, so, anyway, but then I was like, you know what, I, I know I'm supposed to be reading this right now, and it is a snow day, but I am not in the mood for historical fiction today, so I <laughs> went and I read two Tegan Hunter books before recording this podcast, so, I read a enemies to lovers roommate book. So they're neighbors. They hate each other. He has a grease fire and puts water on it. Never do that. Um, so his apartment almost burns down. So he has to oh live God. with hers. <laughs> and then of course, naturally, as they're doing that, they bicker and have sex and fall in love. Fun times. There's also a turtle and a cat in this book. So that sounds like something. How much sex is there? Um, more than you would probably want to read. Uh, okay. Well, but I do think you would enjoy it. Maybe if I'll you think could get about over it. The, yeah, I think you would enjoy it, even despite the sex part. 
if you would skip that over. Um, and then I read the second book in the series, which was A Friends to Lovers, which was also really fun. And I really, really loved it. And we'll talk about this later, but it is in my favorites shelf. So I was, I really enjoyed it. Love me and Good Friends to Lovers. Um, there was a little bit of drama, but it wasn't like miscommunication drama, really. It was more like him being an idiot and like pushing her to do things she wasn't comfortable doing yet, like in terms of like her career and stuff. So I thought that was an interesting, different, it was different. So yeah, that was, and I literally finished that book 30 minutes before we started recording. So here we are. Um, oh, I also have one more update. I apologize because this will become relevant later. I also have been reading um, The Picture of Dorian Gray with my students. And we are currently about 70% through. A big thing happened if you've read this book. Um, and my kids were like, when I read this to them, they're like, oh my God, is this happening? Is this really happening? And they're like, what's going on? And I was like, yep, this is happening. And then we had to stop. And then we have a snow day. So I haven't had a chance to read it to them yet. And we have a snow day tomorrow too. So oh, no. who knows when we'll finish, if we'll finish before the end of the year. But I've said it before, but we stand a math teacher who reads to her students. Yes. Again, this is, this is during homeroom. So they really have nothing still, else to do. Still, Basically, still. yeah, we have like certain lessons we have to do once a week, but basically I get to make them do whatever I want them to do. And so like twice a week, I'll read them, read to them. So I'm, uh, my hope is that we'll finish this book before winter break, but we'll see. What about you, Grace? What did you read this week? Okay, so buckle up, kids. So today I finished um, Written in the Stars by Alexandria Bell Fleur, and it was good. It is a um, female slash female Pride and Prejudice retelling. And as we just mentioned, Jane Austen is my friend, and I, I love Pride and Prejudice. So obviously I was really excited to read this book, and it was really good. It's about the, there's two main characters, and it's told in two point of views. There's Darcy, and then there's Elle. And Elle is like this big romantic. She believes in love. She's got, she's like a big astrology person and has like this astrology business going on. And then Darcy is like really cynical and kind of closed off and like doesn't really believe in soulmates or anything like that. So it's like an opposites attract. It would, I wish it had been like more of a slow burn. Oh, and they fake date. They fake date for the book. Ooh. But like before the halfway point, they're like inside themselves. They're acknowledging their feelings for each other. And I'm like, y'all need to stay in denial for longer. <laughs> like I like, I wish it, I just wish it were a slower burn, but it was still good. I really enjoyed it. And I recommend it to both of you, but specifically Shruti, because I think Shruti will really like it. And the second book, the end of the book is like, watch out for the next book about the brother, Darcy's brother. Ooh. So I was like, oh, a romance thing. Romance authors do this. I know this now. And so I'm excited <laughs> for that one as well. That one comes out next year. So I finished that today. And then I've also been reading The Burning Maze by Rick Riordan, which is the third book in the Trials of Apollo series. And I'm going too fast through the series. I listened to them on audiobook. And I'm like, Some, I need to stop going through them too fast because eventually I'm going to get, I'm two books away from the last one. And then what the hell am I going to do? What the hell am I going to do? So I was like, but what, what is it? What is out there that could stop me from listening to these audiobooks? And then Taylor Swift came out with an album. So I've been doing, so I've been listening to that more than I've been listening to this audio. But, However, isn't there another book that just came off of hold that you could be reading, Grace? No. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, however, I am... Shruti is saying, okay, so I, <laughs> so I have like three books on hold. Yeah, three books on hold right now. But I got one of them first. 
And the one I got first is Shadow and Bone. I got it on hold at the like, beginning of the month. And I was like, I'll read this this month. And then I had two other books come in on hold. And I've got to read those first now. So, And also, Shadow and Bone can be read at the same time as these audiobooks. Because it's reading rather than listening. So read it. I can't. I have two other books that are new that like people want. I have to read those first. <laughs> and one of them is um, Christina Lauren. What is it? In a Holidays. So I have to read that. Oh, one. no, no, no. You have to read. No, 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 Shadow and Bone. <laughs> I want a Christmas. Oh, by the way, Written in the Stars has some good winter Christmas vibes as well. I want to know how In a Holidays is. You'll have to tell me. I will tell you when I It's got it. mixed reviews. I'm interested what you think. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was okay, but I'm, I am interested. Oh, you read it? Thanks. Yeah. Did, did you talk yeah, about I read it? it. I, I mean, did. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, we'll it compare notes. Like it. It's fine. I read too many things that I'm sure I don't remember half the time if I liked a book or not. Um, I remember I liked it. It just wasn't what I wanted. Okay. I think that's what a lot of people are saying. I've also, heard I'm that too. I told, now I remember you say, I was like, wait, yeah. when did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> so I have not finished The Burning Maze yet. However, <laughs> this shit is so wild and i am going to explain to you in perfect detail how wild it is so if you are listening to this episode of this podcast and you have not read the burning maze by rick ryden book three in the trials of apollo series you need to stop listening right now and come back in like i don't know five minutes i don't doesn't this mean that me and sarah also have to stop listening sarah knows shruti you can't that's your podcast this is the cross you bear you have to listen that's fine i'll accept it Okay, so, so, okay, here we go. Go away, everyone, and then come back later. Here we go. So, for context, in the Heroes of Olympus series, which is the series that comes before this series that I am on, the, there are three main characters introduced in the first book, and one of them is Leo, and then the other two are Jason and Piper. And Jason is, like, set up to be, like, the main character, kind of. Like, it's an ensemble series, but he's, like, the main character. And he and Piper are in a relationship like throughout the series and and so so I love Piper Piper is like one of my favorite characters and I don't know if this is a hot take I feel like it's not but I have no clue because I don't know what people think about these series because I've been trying to avoid spoilers but it didn't work but I I don't care about Jason I don't know if this is like bad. If it's not a hot take, a lot of people think that. Don't okay, worry. <laughs> He's just the problem with him is that like you don't know anything about him at all in the first book because he has his memories wiped. So like you're learning about Leo and Piper, and you're like, these are cool, these are my friends, but you don't know anything about Jason until the very end of the book and when he gets his memories back. And then <laughs> none of his memories are as interesting as Leo or Piper's backstory. So then in the second book he's not there. It's three other characters. And you don't see him again until the third book. I was like, oh, yay, Leo and Piper are back. And then uh, reads Smudge Riding on Hand, Jason, because you just don't know anything. You like, you learn about him and then you leave him for a whole book and then he's back. And when he's back, he's got six other characters in there. So he's like overcrowded. And he had kind of an attitude. Did he? Didn't he? Didn't he and Percy have, like, that rivalry? And, like, obviously you're on Percy's side? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But that mm-hmm. was kind of, like, the, 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 the ghosts possessing them, sort of. Oh, okay. They have, like, I a fight. That. And that I just fight, remember... They, they get possessed. 
okay that makes sense i just remember being mad at him at one point because he was like fighting with percy but i guess maybe i'm not yeah i don't know i mean like there was something where i was like man tensions are high right now but i don't know and so so yeah i just never i never cared about jason that much didn't care about his relationship with piper and then at the end of the series um it's like leo or jason is gonna die and then it's like Leo's gonna die. And I was like, Jason is right there. And now I feel bad because in this book, Jason has died. His ass is grass. He is dead. And but but I got spoiled on that beforehand, but it was still really shocking because I was like, oh my God, he's dead. But another thing that shocked me before that happened was him and Piper broke up i don't know if you knew about this sarah did you know i about did this? Mm-hmm. i was like i feel like there's been a lot of bombs dropped in this series written for 11 year olds but this is the only one that i genuinely did not see coming like at all and it makes perfect sense because it's like piper is like you know our relationship started because we had these fake memories due to plot reasons and so the foundation of our relationship was fake and then the rest of our relationship was like during a war. So once the war started and we had to be normal, a normal couple, like what what do we do? And I was like, this makes sense. But I was surprised that Rick Riordan did this. And I feel like who is the best author and why is it Rick Riordan? <laughs> because I feel like that's a very like mature I was just gonna and say that bold choice for him to make, like to realize that like he set up these characters for five books and then to realize actually they do not need to be together like to know them like he knows them and he cares about them and that's very good and I think it's cool that like an author in a long-term series especially like a kid series did that because like that happens you know yeah exactly like it made sense Mm -hmm. I just wasn't expecting it to happen yeah Mm-hmm. And it's definitely like kind of, like I didn't even read the books when I read it. I was like, "Whoa, that's like, I, like that doesn't happen." In no, books, it doesn't. You know? It doesn't. And I wondered if I asked my friend Katie, who does not listen to this podcast, I was like, mm-hmm. "Did he?" I was like, "Don't tell me if there's like a bigger reason at the end of the book because I don't want to know." But I was like, "Did he do this because, like, did people not like them? Because I don't know what the reception has been. I was like, did people not like them together? And he like took that criticism and like adjusted it. And she was like, no, it was just like a realistic thing, I think. And it is. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, the funny thing is that if I were to read the series, how much do you want to bet that Jason would be so mad? Favorite? There's no yeah, way he would be your favorite. Jason wouldn't be your favorite, but you'd still be mad that they broke up. I would probably be mad that they broke up and that he's dying, mm-hmm. probably, because that's me. I want to know so bad, like, what the people thought about this book, but I'm waiting until the end, and then I'm going to score the Goodreads reviews. I'm going to read every single one. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I a just, lot of people yeah. didn't get that far. Like, um, Kelly, friend of the of the podcast, mm-hmm. read it, and she was the one who told me everything, because she was one day she was like, okay, no one has read these books. I don't know anyone else who has read this far into the books. I'm going to tell you everything that happens, because I need to talk about it. So that's how I know what happened. I remember being like, what? I probably won't read them, to be honest, but, like, I'm going to keep asking for spoilers. That's fair. They're actually, like, if someone had told me back at mm-hmm. The Lightning Thief 12 books ago, that I was going to be reading a book or multiple books that Percy was not in 
and I was going to actually care about what was happening, I would not believe them. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like at this point I expected to be reading them like, okay, whatever, Rick Ryan just wanted more money. But I'm enjoying them, and they're good. It's yeah, crazy. I, mm-hmm. He's, he just, he said, he did such a good job at coming up with new plots and not, like, recycling yeah. everything. And not necessarily, I guess he's not necessarily coming up with them, but he's, like, finding Greek and Roman myths to pull from and, like, making them into something cool for the series, so. It's true. Although mm-hmm. I feel like he's starting to get to the bottom of the barrel because last book, one of the gods that showed up was like the god of traps and nets or something. And I was like, all right. Okay, Rick. <laughs> his, his, his resources are limited at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, but one more time, I'm going to reiterate the narrator of these audiobooks. I cannot stress enough how good he is. I'm literally like, oh my God, I can see it all in my mind. Sometimes you get more out of an audiobook than you do by reading a book. I genuinely feel like that might be the case with these. Like, they're good. They're good audiobooks. So before we get into our yearly wrap-up, let's hear a word from our sponsors. And we're back! Okay, so this, because of the holidays next week, this is our last episode of the year. So to commemorate that, we are taking a look back at the goals we set for ourselves at the beginning of the year in our first episode of 2020. And we are discussing whether or not we met those goals. So I guess I will go first. So one of our goals that we all set was uh, our Goodreads goal, which of course we set every year. Mine was 45 books. And right now I think, I think I've read 78. I've read 78 books. So I met that goal. I excelled. I excelled at that one. I'm proud. This is the most I've read in a year ever except for maybe when I was a child and I was reading like 50 Goosebumps books in one week shout out to audiobooks yes exactly shout out to audiobooks my Goodreads goal was 50 books I am currently sitting at 47 I am in progress with one and I have two other short ones lined up so I did not meet the goal yet but I will I'm gonna do it (laughs) I believe in you Sarah thank you I believe in you too (laughs) Um, my Goodreads goal was a hundred books. Um, and I, so Grace was listening, re-listening to the episode before that where you actually made this goal. And I, I remember when I said that, I was like, I'm going to put a hundred books. So I think it's going to be a busy year. And to be fair, before March happened, I think that would have been true, but then March happened and I, you know, you know, stuff happened. And so instead I am currently sitting at 206 and hopefully I will be reading like at least seven more because I want to finish the Bridgerton series. Plus, you know, how many ever more. So I'll probably be going above that. But yeah, I'm really, I'm pretty proud of myself for this one. This is not the most books I have read recently. In 2018, I read like 300 something, which is ridiculous. I don't know how I did that to myself. Yeah, Grace is making a face. But yeah, I do think that if it was actually a busy year, I would have only hit 100. But you know. That's okay. <laughs> nothing nothing we planned to happen happened this year and this is true no book goals so you know what no. you know what we're fine we're fine we're that fine. we didn't meet our book goals if we didn't i didn't because the next one that i have is i wanted to look back at the books that i really enjoyed and read more of read other books by that author so that when someone asks me who my favorite author is which happens every now and then i have something to say because normally i just say c.s lewis 
who I've read Narnia and I have read, he has the space trilogy. I've read that and I read Abolition of Man. So I usually say him or I say Jillian Flynn because I've read all three of her books, but I, I never ever have anyone else to say. Um, I did not do this. I read one other Jane Austen book, which means I could say Jane Austen. I've read four of her books. She has only two that I haven't read. So I sort of did this and I guess I did end up reading 12 books by Rick Riordan. But the point of this goal was to say an author that makes people impressed by me because I'm meeting these people for the first time if they're asking me these questions. Rick Riordan, while I guess I could argue he is probably one of my favorite authors, probably, at this point, I don't know if I would want to lead with that in a conversation with somebody. So, yeah, I didn't meet that goal. I, I didn't meet it. It's okay, though. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, one of my other goals was to read a, read, I think it was, read two nonfiction books. And I surpassed this goal. I read six non-fiction books this year yeah six and a half if you count Persepolis which is like it's kind of like a graphic novel memoir I don't know if it's fully non-fiction so I don't want to count it so but seven if you count Persepolis six if it's not I still have to look into that a little bit more um a lot of them were more memoir-ish but then there were ones like stamps that was really informative and even so I didn't really put restrictions on it I just said non-fiction so I uh passed that goal with flying colors there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had a goal about nonfiction books was to read one. Um, and I just met that goal because we read Stamped as our group read. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't read any other ones. Although I guess technically um, I'm reading a book for, cla- for a class to get some professional development points. And I hope I, well, I'm supposed to finish it before the end of the year. So I guess in that way, I might be reading another one if that counts. So there you go. You, you will have read double your goal. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I did not have a goal to read more nonfiction, although I did, because I read two. That's more than I normally read. So yeah, go go. me, go me. My, my third goal that I had for myself is a goal that I've had every year since I've been about like 12 or 13, perhaps, which is to read The Lord of the Rings, like I have been doing since I was 12. I did not meet this goal. Not even close. Didn't even crack open one of the books. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Um, my next goal was to read a classic, and I did. I read The Picture of Dorian Gray. I read that during quarantine, and I actually enjoyed it very much. So maybe I'll read another classic next year, but only one. I'm just kidding. Maybe I'll read more, but <laughs> I'm really not big on classics, but I'm trying to get past that. I'm going to, you know, do what I should have done as an English major and read the classics. Maybe I'll try to read more next year. But yes, I did meet my goal of reading more, reading a classic. Um, I also had a goal about reading classics. It was to read two classics. Um, this goal I did not meet, although in theory, I should be done with the picture of Dorian Gray by the end of the year. So I would have read one. I have not read another one, so maybe if I'm feeling it, I might read another classic before the end of the year. We'll see. Well, I'll keep you updated, but I have a feeling that might not happen. Um, so I don't think I'll be reaching that one. Um, another goal, though, that I did meet was to listen to one audiobook. 
Um, I actually listened to two audiobooks this year. One great, one not so great. Um, I listened to Tweet Cute as an audiobook. And at some point, I do want to reread it as an actual as an ebook, so that way I've read it as an ebook and listened to it. Um, although the not, the narrators for that book I actually enjoyed, so they were good. Um, but the other audiobook I listened to was not so great because that was Red Queen, which, by the way, the only reason I finished it was because I was listening to it as an audiobook. But yeah, so it was a decent audiobook, just not a good book. I mean, yeah, it was decent. The narrator was fine. It was just that, like, the only reason I got through it was because I was listening to it while I was doing other things. I see, I see. Yeah. Like, I did not devote any attention to it, really. Yeah, it'd be like that. So my second to last goal was to post on Bookstagram more, like, do more with Bookstagram. And I did. I did a lot with Bookstagram this year. I grew my Bookstagram a lot. I posted consistently and then I stopped. So I kind of, I met this goal and then I just like stopped when I met it. I might go back to it. I don't know. Um, I just like, my life changed a little bit and it just became more difficult to keep up with. Um, So, you know, maybe I'll go back to it next year. Uh, But I did technically meet that goal this year because I was very consistent with it at one point. I, you know, grew it a lot. I started reviewing books more and everything. Um, so I'm going to count this as a goal I met, but nice. I stopped when I, I did not exceed <laughs> you completed it. it. I met it. You completed it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and then my last goal was, is, was to read one fiction that isn't a romance. So I wrote like maybe a literary fiction or a mystery. And I was thinking about this and like, so there was a couple books that I guess weren't falling into like my typical romance that I would normally read. Um, so, but really it came down to the two group reads that we did, which were um, Night Film and Meddling Kids. Meddling Kids, I'm going to, I mean, I guess technically that wasn't a romance because I mean, there's a romance in it, but that wasn't like the yeah. purpose of the book, but definitely Night Film, I think falls in this category. So I met this goal. Because of Grace. So thanks, Yay! Grace. Yay! Shout out to Grace. <laughs> yes. Yay! So my last goal was to only buy 15 books. Um, and I say only because in past years, I've been kind of bad about buying too many books. But that's because I, I guess one of my hobbies was to visit different independent bookstores in the area and like old bookstores and stuff. And whenever I went to them, I would want to support them and buy a book. So I feel like that's how I ended up buying so many books every year. And it got to the point where I just had a huge collection piled up that I hadn't read and probably wouldn't get to. Um, and then this year, I actually think I, I forgot I had this goal. So I didn't really keep track of how many I bought, but I really didn't buy that many. And a lot of that was because I wasn't going to all these bookstores because <laughs> couldn't really go anywhere. Um, so I'm going to count this one as met. I don't know for sure, but I, I can't, I've, I'm trying to think of all the books I bought this year, and I don't—I really don't think it was more than 15. So, I'm going to count that as a tentative win. Yay! So next on the docket is Goodreads does this fun little thing, where it gives you a little infographic about all the books you've read in 20 or in the year that has happened, and so it gives you like the page number of pages, the number of books, shortest book, longest book. All that stuff. So we're going to just go through that a little bit and share our stats for the year. So I guess I'll go first. 
with the, we'll just talk about, we'll go like section by section. So I read 28,041 pages and 78 books. What did y'all read? I read 16,436 pages across 47 books so far. Yes, and so far I've read 57,686 pages um, and 206 books. So my shortest book was a graphic novel called Rocket Raccoon that I read <laughs> because I bought it one year. And I was like, let me, let me read this. It was 112 pages. And my longest book. So this was a group read. Um, and when we were reading it, y'all were like, this book is so long. And I was like, is it? I don't think it's that long. Apparently it is, because the longest book that I read at 640 pages this year was Night Film. <laughs> that was also my longest book. Same. Um, oh, oh, my God. There we go. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. I didn't Same. remember it being that long. <laughs> it's okay. We're all in quarantine when we were reading it, so yeah. we had, it was True. the perfect time. Yeah. My shortest book was also a graphic novel. It was Persepolis that I just finished. Cool. Um, my shortest book was Shooting Star by Stacey Hart. It was a novella that's like a prequel to one of the other books I read. Cool. Um, my average book length was 359 pages. And then my most popular book that I read was The Hunger Games. My most popular book was also The Hunger Games. Ah. And yeah, who would have thought? And uh, my average book length was 349 pages. So my average book length was 280 pages. And I think this talks about how romance novels tend to be shorter. Um, and my most popular book was The Selection by Kira Class. No. <laughs> yep. Knockoff Hunger Games. Yeah. And so the last, is that it? Yeah. Last two um, little statistics that Goodreads gives you is your average rating for 2020 and then your most rated, the highest rated book that you read this year. And so my average rating was 4.2 and then the highest rated on Goodreads book that I read was Stamped. My highest rated book on Goodreads was also Stamped and my average rating for 2020 was 4.1 stars. Um, my highest rated was also stamped. Wow. Um, <laughs> and my average rating was 3.8. It's almost like we all read the same book once a month. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So there's, there's our year in books. If you want to look at your year in books, you can. It's on Goodreads. And, you know, if you want to share it with us, sure, we'll look at it. Why not? You can add us on Twitter at the bookos, and we will... We will look at our, we will share our joy of reading together. <laughs> so I guess the last thing we are going to do in this episode is talk about our top books of the year. Um, just a little quick summary of them, what they were, why we liked them, etc. So we are going to go, me and Sarah both have five. Shruti has much more than five. <laughs> But we're going to go in turns. We're going to kind of start from the bottom of our five and work our way to the top. And we're going to take turns naming our books and why we like them. Sarah, would you like to start? I would love to. Coming in at number five is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. I loved this book. I read it over the summer. It's the one about the uh, twins who grew up together in a small southern black community and then ran away from home at the age of 16 and kind of split up 
and led two very different lives. It was phenomenal. Definitely recommend. That is a good book. It's a good number five. Um, my number five is the Heroes of Olympus series. Did I did did I love all of them in equal measure? No. Some of them I would have put lower. But the last three, those are some good books. I had a book hangover from the last one, and I haven't had a book hangover in years. So it came in at number five, and I stand by that. Um, so I kind of have loose tears, if you will. So um, I have 15 books because I'll be honest, what I did was I just went to my favorites shelf and then I looked at the 15 books that I had that I apparently marked as favorites. So that's what we're going with. Um, so three of them, um, the first one is Wolf Gone Wild by Julia Cross. Um, this was the one with the witch and the wolf and I really enjoyed getting back into paranormal romances this year. So I really enjoyed this one. Um, the next one was The Trade by Megan Quinn. Um, it is a baseball romance, so we got a little bit of sports romance going on. Um, and I really loved it because it had a really interesting depiction of depression also. So I enjoyed that. And my uh, third one in this, my lower tier, which I'm actually surprised to see in my favorites that maybe I would not include, I don't know, was Queen of Nothing by Holly Black, which we have talked yeah. about it, it, a lot. But it is the last book. Um, and it was the more most like romantic of the three, I think. So that might be why it's on here. Love it. Yep. All right. Coming in at number four for my list is Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo, which is the novel in verse that I read a couple weeks ago about the two sisters who don't know about each other, um, who have, they don't know that they share a father. And when their father passes away, they learn about each other and start learning about their family and their past and everything. Um, it was a phenomenal book. I really loved it. And uh, it's, getting, it's getting fourth place for 2020. Nice. My fourth book is You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogle. A good time was had by all. It was very funny. It made me laugh out loud at times, which is an impressive feat, I think, for a book. And I had a good time. It was good. It was fun. Highly recommend it. All right. In my fourth tier, if you will, um, Don't Go Stealing by Heart by Kelly Sis Siskind. Um, this one was, you know, a thief. Um, and her falling in love with her mark and I'm a big fan of like the heist genre so this one was really fun and I really like the characters in it the other one was one I mentioned earlier today actually was love thy neighbor by Tegan Hunter again I just love friends to lovers and I really love the characters in this one so it made me happy and then I had to throw in a shadow and bone book and I settled on ruin and rising and this one was hard because even though I liked the first shadow and bone it was really I only liked the last third of it because there's a huge chunk in there that is extremely boring and while I really enjoyed that last bit it wasn't enough to make me love like it couldn't have been the, my favorite of the year so I threw in Ruin and Rising because there's also the squad in this book and you know what the ending was great and I had a good time so there we go cool agreed uh my number three pick for this year was Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng um I read this at the very beginning of the year and I'm not going to say much about it, but it's kind of like a mystery family drama. Um, the writing was beautiful. It's Celeste Ng's first book. And uh, it's amazing. And you should definitely read it. My number three is Beach Read by Emily Henry. And I feel like there are books that you read in your life that you read at the right time. And I read this book, uh, what's the main January. January in this book is going through it. 
And at the time I read it, I too was going through it. <laughs> and it was very nice to read. And also, I think I said, I said this when I read it on our podcast, but I think it perfectly encapsulates the summer 2020 vibes mm-hmm. in a way. And furthermore, there are some strong folklore vibes <laughs> in this book. The book came out before folklore. And I am convinced that Taylor Swift was inspired by it. She can say what she wants. She can say the songs are about whatever she wants to say. But I know in my heart that some of those songs were inspired by Beach Read by Emily Henry. And Taylor Swift, if you're listening, you can't hide from the truth. We know. We figured it out. I support that so much. Thank you. Um, so my third tier was um, Our Star-Crossed Kiss by Piper Rain. This is the one with the bigger sh- big bagel shop daughter and son who are like rivals, so like the Romeo Je- Juliet vibes and, you know, the bagel schmear and the bagel making and all that fun stuff. So that was a really fun one. Um, plus, you know, the squad vibes again. Then This Time Tomorrow by Tessa Bailey, um, the vampire, vampire huntress. So again, another paranormal one. Um, really fun time. And then last, of course, I have to have an Aaron Nichols book on here from the Hot Cake series. So I went with Making Whoopi, which is the uh, marriage of convenience because she needs insurance and he's a rich billionaire. So why not? And it was a wonderful time. All right. My second favorite book of the year, my number two pick, was really battling it out with my first one. It was a real battle between these two. And, but I think one had an edge just a little bit over this one, but I still loved my number two pick very much. And my number two pick is Tweet Cute by Emma Lord. As everyone who has ever listened to this podcast knows, we all love Tweet Cute. I love Tweet Cute. Um, It was definitely one of my most favorite books of this year. In case you, for some reason, don't know what it's about. It's about the two high schoolers who kind of have Twitter battles for their uh, their parents' own fast food restaurants. They run social media accounts. They don't know that each other runs it. And they have like a little Twitter war. It's amazing. You should definitely read it. And um, yeah, it was my second favorite book of this year. I adored it. I second that. My second book is Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston, which I talked about last week. It's just a good serotonin-filled book and all should read it. My second tier of three books, um, Beach Read by Emily Henry, which we've already talked about, but obviously very good. Um, Eight Simple Rules for Dating a Dragon, which is part of the Embrace series by Carolyn Sparks. Again, a fantasy romance, um, a girl and a dragon, and like she's half elf, and there's like fake dating-ish involved in it, which is weird in a, in a fantasy romance, but it was a one. T- it's a, it was a weird, great time. Best in the series, my favorite by far. Um, and then lastly, Crown of Wishes by my friend Roshni Chakshi, because I love my brown people, and I love a fantasy and the romance was cute too. Nice. I love it. Yep. So the book that got my favorite book of the year, I think some of you may have guessed at this point now that it's been narrowed down a little bit, but the book that won my heart the most for my favorite book of the year, and I'm not just saying this because the author was on our podcast, although I do love her, but it is You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogle. I had so much fun reading this book. I loved every minute of it. Um, I loved the main, I think Naomi, the main character. I don't know why she just like really spoke to me. Um, and I just, I had so much fun. I, I just adore this book. And the more I look back on it, the more I like it. 
And I think it deserves my top spot of favorite book of the year. And I do have to give credit to Shruti for bringing this book to our attention. She really, (laughs) she was a staunch advocate since the beginning and she may have bullied us into reading it, but I'm so glad she did because it's my favorite book of the year. I love You Deserve Each Other. Yes. My number one choice, also some of you may have guessed what it will be as I have narrowed down further and further. My number one choice is Tweet Cute by Emma Lord. Great book. I second everything that Sarah said. It's a good book to read if you want to read about enemies to lovers slash bickering slash social media wars slash food. (laughs) I just want to point out, I just want to point out that aside from Heroes of Olympus, all of the books of my favorites this year were, were romance books. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I was just thinking my favorite book and actually second favorite book were both romance books. Trudy is really like rubbing off. On <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know. I'm winning you all over. Yeah. Grace, we're, um, like, we're Paul Rudd right now. Look, look at us. us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> um, okay. I need to give a little preface before I give my final three. So some you're probably going to get a guess at least two of my final three here. Um, again, as we narrow down things. Um, but I do want to point out. So I, it's very hard when you have read 200 books to narrow down to five with 15, let alone five. So I left some off and how I narrowed this down was I just went to my favorite shelf and whatever was on my favorite shelf. I was like, cool, there's 15 books here. That's what I'm going to go with. All right. Let me preface that before I say my final three, because there might be a shocker here of one that I did not include in my list. Um, So of course you deserve each other. is absolutely up there by Sarah Hogle. I've been talking about this all year, how much I loved it. Um, It's tied with these other two books. Maybe, I don't know if it's number one, it's really hard for me to determine, but it's very, very up there. It's probably number one, but I thought I would throw it out there because you probably all guessed it. Um, the other one I've mentioned many times before as well um, is Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert. You, I mean, the representation just brings so much to a rom-com. And I, I mean, the plot is not anything more exciting otherwise, but just having that like nuances and details just make them all the more special. Um, and then finally, on that note, um, I gotta always wrap my Daisy people so The Marriage Game by Sarah Desai is also up there. Um, just, it was a very good time. So many details that just made really related with me. And just to see that in a romance novel made me very happy. So, yes. So, for those of you keeping track, the one book I did not mention, which apparently I only gave four stars to on Goodreads, was Tweak You. Oh. <gasps> Rudy. Yes. I'm just kidding. It happens. But, of course, I guess if I was going to throw out an honorable mention, it was Tweak You by Emma Lord. Okay, there you go. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, let I guess, fly. yeah, I guess my closing remark is as I was going through my books, I was like, Grace and Trudy influenced me to read so many of these, <laughs> yes. even the ones that weren't group reads. I'm like, we're all like, all of our like tastes are like com- colliding a little bit. Yeah, I especially like, mm-hmm. like Trudy read way more books than us. So your ratio is probably smaller. But like for me, I was like, wow, so many of these were like either book host picks mm-hmm. or like ones Grace or Trudy told me about and recommended. So I just think that's cool. Yeah. You know, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're influencing each other. We are. Like I wouldn't have read Shadow and Bone if it wasn't for Grace. And, or sorry, for, for Grace. Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> Grace, who hasn't read it? <laughs> and I probably honestly wouldn't have read A Crowd of Wishes by Roshni Chakshi if Grace hadn't talked about so much but how she hated the Kilted Wolves. I, <laughs> so you there know we go. what, Roshni Chakshi, you're welcome for that. I did you a solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. So this brings us to the end of our episode and also the end of our last episode of 2020. So 
thank you for reading books with us this year, listening to us, surviving the hellish landscape that has been these 365 days. Um, and we hope you have a happy holidays, happy new year, stay safe, don't get sick, wear a mask. You can follow us on Instagram at bookhostpod. And you can follow us on Twitter at the bookos. And during this break time, you should subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, and then share the podcast with all of your friends. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day and great rest of your year. Bye.